You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. first person mentioned is Thomas. Thomas was a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is just a pupil, student, or learner. Jesus expected his disciples to grow. He expected them to grow from being just a disciple or a pupil to what he called a disciple indeed. Let, let me just show you what a disciple indeed is biblically because it's very important in reference to, to, our, to the text. Go with me to John the 8th chapter. Verse 31. Jesus had been teaching the word and this is what he said to some Jews that believed. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you stick to what you have heard, you're my disciples indeed. You're for real about following me. You're sincere about being a Christian. You're sincere when it comes to your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. If you continue in my Implication, Jesus didn't like folks that were sometimey. <laughs> folks that played with the word. He, he knew everybody had a starting point, as did his disciples. His, his disciples defined the starting point as a Christian as being a babe. In Christ. But again, Jesus wanted them to know that if you're going to be a legitimate, a bona fide disciple, you have to abide or remain in the word. You have to remain in the word even when you go through trouble. You have to remain in the word even when things don't turn out the way you desire them to turn out. And some of us know what it is to, to have been done prayed that God do a particular thing for days, sometimes weeks. And then when, when everything goes down, you don't get the answer or the response that you were looking for. By a show of hands, you know what I'm talking about. When that happens to you, you still have to abide in the word. Let me break it down a little bit. When you don't get your way, if you're true of Christ, you're still going to stick to the word. If you give abundantly, but you don't receive abundantly at the time that you desire to receive, you are not a, and you get mad, you are not a disciple in deed. 
You got to stay in the word even when things don't turn out the way you desire. And it takes something to be a disciple indeed. Because you will go through things that, that will push you to do in contrast to God's word. You will go through problems that will cause you to think in contrast to his will. You just have to make a choice of whether you're going to obey the flesh or you're going to stick to the word of God. See, one reason we have to stick to the word of God, even though things may not work out on our timetable, God cannot lie. Moreover, he would do everything that he said. Remember the promise of Jesus in Matthew 21, 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. Then Paul said all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. God going to do everything he said plus, but it may not be on your timetable. But if you are a disciple, indeed, you're just going to wait until God manifests what he said. That's the reason the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 10 and 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great reward. Then he said, For you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For he that shall come will come and will not delay. But then he talks about the just have to live by faith. You can't draw back. You got to keep thinking, talking, and doing according to the word. Even when you don't see what you want to see. Even when you don't feel what you want to feel. Even when the report is still talking negative. You still have to trust in the God of your salvation. And when you do so, you will be a disciple indeed. Now, Thomas was not just... A normal disciple. If you'll notice according to the text. He was one of the twelve. He was an original. When Jesus chose him. He didn't, he didn't only choose him as a disciple. He told him up front. Y'all are going to be my apostles. He was one of the twelve. And when he dropped on them that they were going to be apostles. They knew that they had to mature. They had to grow up. And when it comes to growing up. You can't expect for God to do everything for you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, when, when I was a child, I thought like a child, acted like a child, talked like a child. But then he said something important. He said, but when I became a man, Put away childish things. But two of folks learn how to put away stuff. Now Paul talked about things. But when you get mature, you even have to sever certain relationships. You can't keep hanging around silly Sally and you're trying to move forward. How you going to keep dealing with doubting done and, and, and you're moving forward? Sometimes you may even have to sever a relationship with family members. 
Oh, we still can, but you, you on the wrong page. I got to go. When you become mature, you have to make some serious decisions if you're going to continue to move forward. So Jesus expected Thomas along with the other original disciples that were chosen to be disciples. Well, that were chosen to be apostles to mature. Same here. You got saved 10 years ago. You've been... You can't still be getting mad at folk for rolling their eyes at you. Come on, 10 years. You done heard that who God loves, he chastens and, and rebukes. You can't keep getting mad because the word hit your toes. You don't have been in church too long to begin. You know that the word comes in such a way in order to benefit you, to help you, to cause you to be better in every aspect of your life. And see, by, by this time in ministry, Thomas had, had set up under Jesus' teaching some years and at the particular time um, he had done a little teaching <laughs> yeah Jesus sent him out in, in twos tell him to go out here look go out uh, cleanse the leper heal teach so forth so he had been doing a little teaching little ministry work He was in the place to where he should have been a good example for the new converts. Even for folks that, that had only been saved a year. He should have been in the place to where he, he was just a good, a good example. Somebody could, could have said, you know what, if you, if you want to see uh, how somebody should give, Check out Brother Thomas. You, you want to see a faith walk? Oh, check out Brother Thomas. Oh, you want to you wanna see how to minister? When you go over there on the west side, hey, check out Brother Thomas. That's the level that he should have been on. Because he had been, again, setting up under the teaching of Jesus for years. And Jesus didn't have church like we have church. Some of us couldn't, couldn't have took it the way he had it. He, he, he was teaching his disciples every day. Every day. Some of us, we get 52 messages a year. We come every Sunday. Back then, his, his, his disciples were getting 52 messages in a month. Because sometimes Jesus would, would put it down two and three times a day. And they were with him Sunday to Sunday, seven to seven. To the point to where he told them, you, you got to leave your job, drop your nets and come on in, follow me. I got to get you ready to be an apostle. So they should have been mature, all of them. Since we talked about Thomas, they, Thomas should have been grown. Thinking like a man, talking like a man, acting like a man. 
But something happened. After the resurrection of Jesus that showed how immature Thomas was. Jesus showed up. His disciples seen him and were happy about it. And the first time this happened, Thomas was not there. Thomas came after, afterwards. And so on one accord, one accord, the disciples said to him, Thomas, we done seen Jesus, brother. Yeah, we, we, we done seen Jesus, brother. He up. You remember he told us three days he gonna be up. He up, brother. Can you imagine the excitement in their eyes? Can, can you imagine it, it, if some of the disciples were like, oh, they probably turning in, like, Jesus is up, Jesus is up, Jesus is up, up, up. Just excited. <laughs> they are unified. They are according to Matthew 12 and 25. They are the opposite of it. Jesus said a house divided shall not stand. And if a house is not united, he said it would be brought into desolation. One meaning of desolation is unhappiness. Don't want no unhappy house. Don't want no divided house. And, and so we, they were telling Thomas, so you didn't expect for Thomas to be the one that would cause a breach. But he did because... He said, hey, if I can't touch him where he was pierced, if I can't see the nail prints in his hand, Unless I see this, I, I don't care what y'all say. Yeah, and I seen you turn in victory. But I got to see something. In our day and time, Thomas would have said, I'm from Missouri. Show me. Show me. Thomas calls a breach. He calls a breach. His conduct, his behavior was a violation to God's word. It would have been different if he was a babe. It would have been different if he didn't know any better. But because Jesus had, had taught them every day, <laughs> he had seen Jesus' lifestyle every day, knew what Jesus expected. What he said to them caused a breach. Sometimes we just read through it and we don't really understand the implication because we don't look at it in depth as to what happened. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning. I'm trying to get you to understand that whenever a person 
that's supposed to be on a certain level in ministry does certain things. It can affect not just the person, but the entire ministry. To the point to where it can cause some folks to stop doing what is right or just. And he was unapologetic about it. Even though he knew Jesus had had taught that two or three disciples would bear witness of the truth. They, They were operating according to what they had been taught. They were telling Thomas what Jesus had spoken to them in private. But yet he still to see something. It's sad when when you can be given the word of God but you're still selfish. And see Thomas was there when Jesus even talked about Selfishness in reference to following him. Jesus specifically said, if you're going to be my disciples, deny yourself. Take up your cross and let's go. Thomas started following him, told him not to be selfish. But here he is being selfish. And spirits can transfer on to others. Your bad attitude. can cause somebody else to have a bad attitude. It's the reason Paul taught the Corinthian church, be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good habits. Can you imagine young disciple say, how in the world can Thomas not believe and, and, and he was there When Jesus told them he was going to be tried, convicted, killed, buried, but then resurrected. How can he say that he is a disciple, but yet he does not believe in the resurrection? How can he question Jesus and he was there when the Lord called Lazarus forth? Sometimes you have to deal with folks that should know better. See, see, Thomas should have knew better. He had seen Jesus not only raise Lazarus from the dead, but he had seen Jesus raise others from the dead. But for him to act as if the resurrection wasn't real, he should have known. It's like some of us, you get under tight and then you stop giving God his tithes. You know you know better than that. You get to going through it in your body. You get a bad report and then you miss days. You know you know better than that. 
You know how folk will push you to try to say something you ain't got no business saying. You at the family reunion and they talking about you being a holy roller and you get fed up and then you cuss everybody out. You know you know better than that. Say to your neighbor, you know you done done some things you know better than that. He knew better. Man, I done said some things. I, oh, God. I should, whew, I, since I've been, get this, the bishop. Have you ever said something since you've been? But, but, but the thing about Thomas is, is that Thomas got stuck. It, it's no telling how they kept giving him scripture after scripture. Or reminding him about this teaching, that teaching, and, and, and other things. But he was just stuck. the point to where they left him alone. See, sometimes when, when, when you know folk know better and you try to tell them, but they still want to stick to their mess. <laughs> Time to walk away. I love you, but I got to Because you'll get to the point where you'll be begging folk to do right. And if you have to beg them you, one time and they do it, sooner or later you're going to have to beg again. And that's not the character of Jesus. Jesus didn't beg nobody. He had a herd of folk leave him. If you read John, the sixth chapter, they left him. And then Jesus looked at the 12 and said, hey, y'all going too? He wanted to know, look, am I going to have to start over or what? He wasn't going to beg folk. I had to learn that because in, in early years of ministry, I used to beg folk. Yeah, that was a weakness of mine. It ain't no weakness no more, though. I don't beg nobody. Why? Because Jesus didn't do that. And so they, they left them alone. But then eight days, eight is the number. Of new beginnings. Another chance to get things right for Thomas. Jesus showed up supernaturally. It was a door, but Jesus said, I'm going through the door. Got so much power, I don't have to open up no door. Matter of fact, I'll shut doors if folk want to stay open and I'll close some doors as well. I'm Jesus. At one time, he even called himself the door. But nevertheless, he, he showed up. And, 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 and I love how he showed up. Because he showed up and he greeted his disciples. He greeted his disciples with peace. Peace has two powerful meanings when it comes to the Hebrew and the Greek. The Greek word for peace is a rain. It first of all has to do with prosperity. When you are doing well in life. Every 
every aspect of your life, you are experiencing divine prosperity. But then peace also represents harmony of being unified, which actually causes things to be pleasant. That's the reason David himself said how good and how perfect it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then he went on to talk about divine unity. How when, when the oil was poured upon the head of Aaron, it just didn't stop with Aaron. It, it kept flowing down. See, when God starts blessing the head, he ain't going to stop at the head. He ain't going to stop until he done bless everybody in the room. Woo, that's what you call peace. That's what you call being united. He blessing the pastor and you getting happy because you know your blessing is on the way. You see and sister so and so get what you done been praying for and you're happy for her because you know if God answered her prayer it's just a matter of time before he answers your prayer. You've been praying for your healing and you see that sister so and so is up testifying turning in victory about her healing and you you begin to leap for some joy because you know if she got her healing, it's just a matter of time before God touches you from your crown to the sole of your feet. So he greeted them with, with peace. I wish you prosperity as well as heart. But right after he wished them harmony, he knew he had to address something. And the first name came out of his mouth was Thomas. Come here. It wasn't like the disciples had cell phones back then. And right after Thomas denied Jesus, they, they, they got on their cell phone. Hey, Jesus. Jesus let Thomas know that he was not only omnipotent, but he was omniscient. All-knowing. He had to manifest before him. Look. I know what you said because I am what I told you. I will. I am God. I am Emmanuel. I know what you said and you thought I didn't hear you. But because I'm God, I heard everything you said. So come here. Touch me right here. Touch me and look at my hand. But then he said this to him. He said, but you can't be unbelieving. I don't need you down, Thomas. See, see the enemy will play with your mind. Even when Jesus unspoke or gave you your rhema. I said, the enemy will play with your mind even though you know the word you got was your rhema. God tell you, he gonna heal you. And you oh God, thank you, that's my rhema. I have to pause the message because you so loud. Won't everybody know it's your rhema? But then the enemy come and toy with your mind. And you start wondering if it's your rhema. And so he said, I want you to touch, but I don't need you doubt. See, Jesus knew that, that he had caused a breach. But not only had he caused a breach, he had opened up a place for the devil. 
to take it further. Paul so understood it to where he said to the church of Ephesus, don't give any place. No room. Don't give no, no one, no room to the devil. You give, a de- you give the devil a little bit or a demon a little bit. That demon will work that thing 24-7. And so here he is treating Thomas like a baby disciple. Because that's how he was acting. You got to believe now, Thomas. Like a baby disciple. He would write and say, at the time you should be teachers. You have need that somebody teach you again. That's what Thomas was. Thomas touch but don't be unbelieving. I'm getting ready to close. I got to show you something real quick. I got to show you. Matter of fact, I got to show you a couple of things real quick. Because it was a lesson what Jesus said to Thomas in reference to not believing. Remember, he told him specifically, I don't need you not believing or being unbelieving. Go with me to Hebrews. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Y'all must want to be here all day. Now, go with me to Hebrews. Hebrews 3. Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Hold on. Let me break in my new Bible. Notice this. Hebrews 3. And we're going to start at verse 13. Well, we're going to start at verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be In any of you an evil heart of un, help me, in departing from the living God. When Thomas got out of believing by faith, he not only entered into a realm of having to see, but it caused his heart to turn And for a moment, based upon his words, his heart was one of unbelief. Except I see. Except I touch. He didn't believe. What was going on? An evil heart of unbelief. But notice as we continue. Notice who he's talking to. Beware who? The church. Now again, you can have an evil heart of unbelief and depart from God. But notice verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through 
the deceitfulness of sin. It's defining what can happen to a brethren and what we see happen to Thomas. Verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence or faith steadfast to the end. Again, Jesus had to treat him like a baby because he had departed. I got to take you back to the elementary principles, Thomas. Let me let you touch because you ain't ready for the unseen. I got to take you back. Let me show you something else. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Matthew 13, verse 57. This is where I start. So they were offended at him. Matthew 13, 57. So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works or miracles there. Because of their unbelief. Thomas' breach, if he would have stayed in that vein, could have caused miracles to be hindered as the apostles went forth. I wonder how many miracles have been hindered because of ministers Unbelief. How many healings have been hindered because of a leader's unbelief? How many supernatural deliverances have been hindered because somebody was ready to go instead of seeing somebody get saved. Look at unbelief, what it can end. That's the reason sometimes you, you got to check your own doctor. Yeah, you have. Now, now, you going through it, but your doctor just as negative as can be. Sometimes you got to doc, just give me the positive because I don't need no unbelief. Because it hinders the hand of God. This what Jesus, this is what happened to Jesus. Jesus couldn't do what he wanted to do because of unbelief. So Jesus can be hindered right here. Because of our unbelief. And so he had to make sure that Thomas was delivered. Touch right here. And, and so finally when, when, when Thomas touched him and looked at his hands. He acted just like a religious person. He went to try to magnify God. You ever seen folks that, that, that are not real when it comes to God, but when put in that particular atmosphere? They'll play along. Yeah, I said play. 
Worship is real. That's, that's the reason the Bible says in John the fourth chapter, 20th verse and following, that Jesus has to seek for folk who are true to worship. Because sometimes folks have motives when it comes to, to worship. See, because notice how Thomas turned around as if he hadn't heard anything Jesus said. My Lord and my God. Thomas. That, that was inappropriate. That was not appropriate. What was appropriate for Thomas at that time? Lord, forgive me. I sinned, God. You said that you would get up. But I didn't believe you, Lord. Lord, Lord you, you taught me better, but I, I act like I hadn't even been taught. That would have been appropriate, but, but for him to be hypocritical, my Lord and my God. That was hypocritical. And, and if you'll notice, Jesus continued to deal with him in a way that said, you need to get yourself together Thomas I'm closing look at, look at this right here back in um, John 20 go back with me as I close it I need to read this notice again in verse 28 Thomas said my Lord and my God Jesus said to him Thomas because you have seen me. You have believed. James said this right here about the devil. He said even the devil believes in Trump. If folks see certain things, God, God in that church, I've seen it for myself. Look at what Jesus said. He said, because you done seen me, you believe. How was he treating them? Like somebody who didn't even have a relationship with him. You have seen me. That, that's how come you believe. But he dropped something on Thomas that, that subsequently caused Thomas to repent. And change his life for the better. He never made the mistake after Jesus dropped on him what I'm about to read. And if you have been like Thomas, I pray that when I drop on you what I've already read on you again, that you will, like Thomas, you will change for the better. And never Again, go through a period of where you, where you doubt and have to see something. It, his word should be enough. I said his word should be enough. Y'all holding on? I'm finna read it again. Thomas, because you, I'm in, I'm in uh, John 20, 29. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet have believed and seen him, but believe. There are believers that hadn't seen anything in the room, <laughs> but they believe. Now, now, we ain't crazy because some folks, some folks say there's, it's going to be such and such, such and such, and they have no basis. We believe in the unseen because of the word of God. That's our basis. We even got individual scriptures that, that we go to. I believe he's going to heal me because of, and I have my own personal scripture. I believe it's going to work out for me because of Romans 
my own personal scripture. I believe he's going to turn things completely around. Have my own personal scripture. Hadn't seen it, but believe it because of the promise. Because of the word. I'm, I'm not blind. <laughs> no, blind folks go into the ditch. No. I'm not blind, and that's it. I just believe because I'm a faith walk. I don't have to have the sight. If I, if, I, if I just know his word and just can hear that word, that's what I walk by. I don't have to see it. I just have to hear the word. I just have to hear what faith comes by. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. But notice what he says. Blessed. Blessed. You, you have to see something. Jesus let Thomas know you have got out of the blessing zone. You got to see it so I can't bless you. Look at the text. Blessed are those who believe. Though they haven't seen. He got out the, the blessings out. How many know you're in the blessing zone? I didn't know it was a blessing zone. You see it. Thomas, when you don't see but you believe, you're what? Blessed. That's the reason we are believers of the unseen when it comes to God's promises.